0: welcome to the metro church podcast we hope you will be blessed by this message for more information about metro church visit our website at metrochurch.org.au let's pray together father we thank you for this morning father every single one of us that's in this place or with us online now or in the days to come there is not one of us god that does not need to hear from you there isn't any of us lord that want to just give you lip service and Just turn up. Oh, Father, we want You to speak something to our life. We want You to equip us so that this week as we go forward, Lord, we will go forward armed with Your presence and Your power. We thank Your Holy Spirit for all that You do in our life. Sometimes we're not even aware of it until later. and We go, that happened in that service. So, Father, we thank You for it. We give You all the praise and all of the glory. Thank You for everything You are doing in us and to us and through us, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. We're continuing in this series. Well, it never started out to be a series. I just haven't stopped uh, because I feel like God wants us to continue speaking about vision. But I realise that vision means different things to different people. For some people, vision is some kind of an epiphany, a shining light, a moment where God interrupts supernaturally and His voice speaks and it's powerful. And I know for some other people, vision is just a vague kind of a notion of a better future and that things could be different. But I think that both of those things really sell short the way God does vision and the way He does vision most often in our life. Now, the book of Nehemiah, it's one of my favourite books of the Bible. It's fairly short, 13 chapters. You can read the whole thing in an afternoon with no trouble at all. I want to read to you from the very beginning, the first chapter of Nehemiah and the first verse about this young guy. You need to understand that he's a young man who's been picked out because he's good looking and smart. And when uh, King Artaxerxes, the king of Babylon, invaded Israel and took Jerusalem captive, he did what he did in every nation. He picked out the brightest and the best and he took them back to his capital so that he surrounded himself with people out of every culture that were the cream of the crop. And this young man is now living a relatively comfortable life. He's in the palace. And he's the king's cupbearer, which means he personally has audience with the king every single day. And this young man has the best of food and the best of drink, the best of clothes, the best of places to stay. He's really in a good spot. And yet he's never forgotten that the God of Israel, that his God, really had called these people out to be different and to be special. And so here he is in this great place where he ought perhaps to be thankful that he's not like the rest of the people that weren't the brightest and the best. This is where we start his story. These are the memoirs of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. In late autumn in the month of Kislev in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes reign, I was at the fortress of Susa. Han and I, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. And I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. Don't worry about my life and what's going on. Tell me about what's happening back in the place where the house of God was. Tell me what's happening back there in the place where the tabernacle uh, and the temple were set up and where all the good things of God were taking place. They said to me, verse three, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. And when I heard this, I sat down and I wept. In fact, for days I mourned and fasted and prayed to the God of heaven. And then I said, we've got to start a political movement. We've got to begin to agitate. No, he didn't. He said, then I heard this. He says... I began to pray, Oh Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps this covenant of unfailing love with those who love Him and obey His commands. Listen to my prayer. I love the fact that this young man who's not a priest, he's not of the tribe of Levi. He's not somebody who's been trained in the art of the oratory of prayer. He's not somebody who was called upon to lead the people spiritually, to be able to do something, you know, in front of everyone. But this guy believes, God will listen to me. Oh, I pray that every single one of us Regardless of how how craftily or crafted our prayers might be, I pray that every one of us carries the heart of Nehemiah that says, God will listen to me. Oh God, oh Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps His covenant of unfailing love. Listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying day and night for your people Israel. Oh, God is watching. A couple of years ago, I was in Bristol and they took me past what is now a university accommodation centre, but it was originally the Barnard Homes. And this was a man who was not a preacher. He wasn't somebody who'd been through seminary, but he wanted to do something to help the poor children. And so he began these homes and uh, stories books have been written about this man who who sat all the kids down to eat and there was no food and they looked at him and they said, well, we've got no food. And he looked at the kids and said, let's bow our heads. Let's say grace. Our God will supply. And as he got to the end of his prayer of thanksgiving to God, a knock came at the door and a man came up to him and said, my grocery cart has broken down outside your door and I have got this food. Can you use it? And so all the children ate plentifully and were completely satisfied. See, the God of miracles hasn't stopped because Matthew, Mark, Luke and John got written. The God of miracles has not ceased simply because somehow or other the calendar ticked over or because we're in 2023 and don't you know, society's different, the world is different and aren't you aware that Jeff, we've moved on. We've got science now and philosophy now and we understand about DNA now and we understand about how the brain Works, But I tell you, there's still a God of heaven who looks down watching for His people who will pray and says, I'll listen to the prayers of my people. Listen to my prayer. Look and listen to me praying day and night for your people Israel. I confess we've sinned against you. He doesn't start off saying, God, we deserve your help. He says, God, I know what we've done. I know where we've misstepped here. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. He's not pointing the finger at someone else. We've sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. But God, would you please remember what you told your servant Moses? You said if we are unfaithful to you, you'd scatter us among the nations. That's why we are where we are. Verse nine, but if you return to me, And obey my commands and live by them. Then even if you're exiled to the ends of the earth, I'll bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honoured. He understands, he's not some wild-eyed Christian praying an arrow prayer hoping it'll hit God. He's come back to this book. He said, God, I remember what You promised. My Bible tells me that the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. My Bible tells me that there's twice as many angels for us as there are demons against us. My Bible tells me that Jesus is coming back for a bride without spot or blemish or wrinkle or any such thing. My Bible tells me that the end of days is not a dark day, but it's a day of a shining light that will shine more and more and that every eye will see Him. That Jesus Christ is not coming back as a baby to a manger, vulnerable and able to be hurt, but He's coming back as King of kings and Lord of lords. That written on His thigh, He's King of kings and Lord of lords and He's coming with the host of heaven and He's coming to take back all those that believe and that trust in Him. He's coming back like that. You and I have a great future to look forward to. I'll bring you back to the place I've chosen by my name to be honoured. The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. Oh Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honouring You. God, please grant me success today by making the King favourable to me. A plan is formulating. Put it into His heart to be kind to me because in those days I was the King's cupbearer. You know, this book of Nehemiah is a great book, well worth a read this afternoon. But what you'll notice about this book is not what's in it, but what's not in it. And what's not in this passage we just read and appears nowhere in the book of Nehemiah. There's no voice, no prophet, no angel. There's no point where God turns up and says, here's the blueprint. All of the book of Nehemiah happens because a young man becomes aware of need and gets moved to act. Nowhere in here where God says, I told you to, and that's why it's happening. Nehemiah, if you follow the story, ends up getting his wish. The king grants him permission to go back to Jerusalem. But when he gets there, it's a people that are dispirited. It's a people, as we read, that have given up hope. And they are saying it's just how things are. Can I tell you right across our nation, there are people saying it's just the way things are. Well, of course there's breakdown in family. It's just the way things are. Well, of course there's problems right throughout our society of drugs and alcohol. It's just the way things are. Well, up in the Kimberley, what do you expect? There's generations of breakdown. It's just the way things are. And this young man, he could have just joined the crowd and echoed those that were saying, you don't understand, it's been like that for as long as I can remember. How well things, some things just never change. See, some people think that vision is an unattainable spot except by the select few who've got some boundless optimism. Something that is peculiar to certain personalities or backgrounds of life. That somehow or other vision comes to the special couple, the special few. And you can rhyme off the names of the famous. But I believe you might want to write this down or if you're getting the notes from the back there. I believe that simply put, vision is an awareness of need and being moved to act. I don't think it's got to be See, so many people are going, well, I'm waiting for God to tell me. Or you're like, I've been on a number of occasions. I remember when I first started on staff, I was 19 years old. And I heard the pastor say at the end of the service, we want someone to come and work for free. Now, I had no idea how I could work for free. I had a job. I'm not sure how I thought this was going to happen. I had really long hair, uh, which in the day was not considered that great for a Christian worker. And uh, I had one pair of long pants, trousers, and uh, you know, I think the thongs I wore to church, Rhonda's dog had bitten the back off. I let, I'm, I'm just saying that say I probably wasn't a great specimen, but he said, "We want someone to come work for free to help look after new Christians. And I met him at the door and shook him by the hand. I said, I'm your man. And God temporarily smote him blind That week I went and gave notice of my job. I had no idea what I was gonna do, how it was gonna happen, but I know what it was like too. In the six months that followed, I kept second guessing myself. Going, God, was that you or was that just me? Now I look back with years of maturity and say it doesn't matter. I saw a need and I was moved to act. And that's a vision from God. Amen. If you see a need, And you're moved to act, visions and awareness of need. That doesn't mean that you don't see everything else. Nehemiah saw the rubbish, the broken walls. He saw the decay and the disarray. But he also saw some things that people who were just used to, oh, please hear me today. Because I think one of the things that God is doing is raising up not just churches with vision, but He's raising up believers with vision. He's raising up people who understand that vision is not just plugging in to a church program, but it's living a life where I see a need and I say, what can I do to meet it? How can I go about changing the world In which I live. Maybe in ways that will make you notable, like Nehemiah became, but maybe in ways where no one else will ever know who you are. And maybe you won't have any fame or glory until you get to heaven and he calls out your name from the crowd and people nudge one another saying, Who's that? And what did they do? I don't know. I've never heard of them. I don't know their name. And Jesus will say unto this person, inasmuch as you've done it under one of these, the least of these, my brethren, you did it for me. And I want to say thank you to you. And He'll hand you a crown. And every single one of us will take our crown and we'll throw it down at the feet of the one who's the King of Kings. We'll say, Jesus, I did it for you and I was glad. Jesus, I was happy to serve you. Jesus, I'm so glad you were able to use me. I'm so glad, Lord, that I didn't let vision be paused while I waited for a divine sign. Because the truth is, all of us, myself included, we see the way things are and just go, well, that's just the way they are, isn't it? Well, you know. Nehemiah saw some things. Let me give you some of them this morning. That Nehemiah saw that other people didn't see and why God used him, not because he was special. There's nowhere where God says to Nehemiah, you are my chosen vessel. Just a young guy with a awareness of need and wanting to make a difference. Number one, Nehemiah saw beyond the broken walls and saw broken people. There's so much talk about What's wrong with our society? But according to the Bible, the thing that's most wrong with our society is the lives that have been struck by sin and marred by it. And what ought to be a clear image has become broken. Whether you sit in a boardroom or whether you are homeless on the street, it's not about your economic state. It's not about just simply what kind of house you live in or don't but there's a brokenness that's beyond all of that. So for us here at Metro Hope, helping out people everywhere, is not just about giving food to hungry people or a few moments comfort to someone who's homeless, but we see people that have been broken by life. We see people where something inside has got in disarray Red Frogs is not about handing out red lollies and crowd control, but it's about seeing a purposeless generation who've got nothing more to live for than trying to get a good career and get a bigger house. And then what? The Kimberley for us is not graphs and data and social programs, but it's the effects of lost hope and spiritual darkness. Paul said to the Romans, chapter 1, verse 16. Listen to this. He's in Italy. In the most pagan culture, if you've read any history of it, and I have, Roman that day saw no value of human life. True. I was shocked recently. I was reading a book on, uh, on the well, written by an historian. And he starts back in the Greek and the Romans. And I'm not going to tell you some of the things because they're too disturbing to speak of when the young ones might be around. But some of the things that were so common in Roman times, children were not considered to have any value in some places. And so Paul writes to these people, we think Rome was the place of, of, of the Senate and of democracy's origins. But I tell you, there's a lot of cruelty and barbarity. Paul writes to these people. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the good news. It's the power of God to salvation. Not the power of God to social reform. Not the power of God to make people feel a bit better. But it's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and then also to the Greek including everyone in the human race. And the Gospel good news brings hope and faith and love and forgiveness. The truth is, as I think about this, I love all that we do. And I love the fact that we give food to people. I love the fact that we help people. I love the fact that Red Frog serves the next generation. I love the fact of what we're doing in the Kimberley and how that's starting to get underway. I love all of that. Love Transform, all those things. But I can tell you in my heart of hearts, at the back of it all is an awareness that unless the gospel of Jesus Christ is brought to every person in a way that they can hear it and the light turns on, then all we will have done is give people a happier life and a less happy eternity. Nehemiah saw beyond the broken walls and he saw the broken people. It doesn't mean we don't do all those other things. We'd still do them. And we do it whether you believe what we believe or not. But it's important that we believe and it's important that we see. Nehemiah never just said, let's build a wall. He does that in 52 days. Less than two months it takes him to build the wall. What is the rest of the book of Nehemiah about? It's about rebuilding people. It's about saying, come on, we've lost our way. This is not a negative message today. I just think, you know, Jesus said, no man lights a light and then hides it. Huh? You don't turn the torch on and then stick it in the cupboard. Huh? Or do you? Huh? Put the light on you, stick it in the cupboard and then we stumble. The other morning, I, have, I get up some very early and uh, I don't want to turn the lights on and wake Rhonda up. And uh, the other day, I remember I walked right into the Bathroom wall. Why? Because the torch was beside my bed. And if you can't see, then you stumble into things and you hit your head on things and all that kind of stuff. Amen. So I'm not suggesting that the church needs to start hammering people ever. But I'm saying the church ought to know what it believes. Amen. I, I believe the church ought to say we're proud of the gospel. Amen. I'm proud of the gospel of Jesus. I'm proud of what it does for people. Amen. Just thought I'd say that. Number two, second thing Nehemiah saw that the others there didn't see was he saw the power that was available. He doesn't go and say, oh, you know, if only I was a better administrator. He says, God, you can do this. You can make a difference. The older I get, the more I am aware of the good that I can do, but the good I can't do. I'm aware that I can help and I can bless and I can encourage, but I'm aware that when it comes to changing someone's life, I don't have that ability. But I can lead you to someone who does. I can tell you about a God who loves you. I can tell you about a God and you go, yeah, but Jeff, how come there's so much mess in the world? I go, well, that's our fault, isn't it? You know? It's not God who's doing all this stuff. He's not the one polluting all the rivers. So I'd throw that in for just for, I'm pretty sure it's us. Amen. Well, let's not go too far down that track because some of you are already, your hackles are rising. (laughs) Nehemiah saw the power. I always think, take this for what it's worth, but I just refuse to get into arguments about politics and whatever and social media and they said, and, you know, and, and all that. I'm too focused on the power that's available. I'm not too focused on the problems that everybody wants to gather around and chew the fat on and go, skippy Christians. What's that skip? Number three, Nehemiah saw the possibilities. Stay with me. Come on, you've got to love me anyway. You, you might like what I just said, but just love me. Just go, oh God, he's, you know, he's not old enough. Yet if he was older, he'd know more. Number three, Nehemiah saw the possibilities. There's a difference between ideals and just being idealistic. Let's all say the Lord's Prayer together. Matthew 6, verse 9 and 10. Ready? Our Father, which art in heaven, Stop there a minute. We're not going to go on to the rest of it. Let's try that again. Let's start. Ready? Some of you are waiting for the trick question. There isn't one. Matthew 6, 9. You can read this. It's okay. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Stop there a minute. That has got to be the most ridiculous prayer anybody ever prayed and Jesus taught you to pray it. Jesus said, this is the way you pray. He said, pray like this. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Then He said, pray this. Your kingdom come on earth just like it already is in heaven, where there's no sickness, no sorrow, no death, no crying, where there's no conflict, where there's no pain, where there's no family breakdown. He said, I want you to pray that earth will look like heaven and we all go. Oh, that'll be the other day. Pull the other leg, it plays Jingle bells, Which is an Australian expression and half of you never got that either. That's all right. Listen to me. If that prayer that Jesus taught you to pray is possible, then anything is. Come on, come on. Are you with me this morning? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. Just like it is in heaven. Ridiculous. You know, if we just prayed that prayer every single day of our life and believed it, we would go out and have a different idea about vision. We wouldn't go out there with vision going, I oh, probably won't work any. I bet they don't like me. I bet no one will even listen to me in here. We'd go out there going, oh God, your will be done on earth. Amen. God, I'm going to work today. Could I see your will get done in my workplace? Yeah, right, for sure. That'll happen. Well, believe the prayer. Ready? Number four, Nehemiah saw the willingness of others to help. King Artaxerxes, the pagan king, Nehemiah chapter two. What about the prophet Elijah? He thought he was alone. God said, you don't understand. I've got 7,000 people. Matter of fact, if you read the book of Nehemiah, there's only one very small group of people that refused to help. It's in Nehemiah chapter 3 and verse 5 where it says, and the nobles of Tekoa wouldn't lift a hand. Small group, everybody else, all these broken people said, can I help? Can I help? One of the things I love uh, at Christmas time we did, I think Sandy Schofield might've been a part of that, I I think, uh, was with the people we help and hope, providing ways for them to be a blessing to others. And we did the Samaritan's purse thing and the shoe boxes and all this stuff. And every single one of these people, many of whom were homeless, are writing in the box their love and their encouragement to someone they'll never meet. Nehemiah saw the willingness of other people to help. I believe that there are people, listen to me, there are people waiting for you to turn up. Come on. There are people waiting for you just to stand up, rise up, get up and, and say, I'm ready. You'd be amazed. I'm flabbergasted every single week. I have people ringing me up. And when I go and I meet with them, they go, what can I do? Can I help? Great. No one thought Peter or James or John would ever be godly leaders. Certainly didn't think Thomas would be. But they were just waiting for Jesus to turn up. Number five, last one. Because not only did Nehemiah see beyond the broken walls and saw the broken people and the power that was available and the possibilities, the willingness of others to help is that Nehemiah saw the power of small obedience. Think about this. They've got no heavy machinery. There's no cranes. No gigantic hydraulic machines to pick up the blocks. I've been to Jerusalem. I've seen the foundations of the blocks. Some of them are as big as that small stage down the front, huge things. And these people, they could have said, oh, it's too big, it's too hard. The task is so big. My response to that is, well, then we'd better start now. Amen. It isn't going to get any easier because you stand there looking at it. Amen. How many people are praying their problems will shrink? Instead of praying that God will strengthen them to do the job, Amen. Oh, that was that was a bit that was a bit close, Jeff. Whew, if I hadn't ducked, you would have got me. One stone at a time. Can we pray together that God will lead us to a need that we're meant to meet? Amen. Let me bring you back to Nehemiah again, to the fact that this young man, he's not, there's no angels. It's just, God, I see that and it bothers me. Oh, I reckon I could do something. I reckon I could be part of the answer for that. It turns out to be a massive thing. He never said, oh God, I am your man. Yay, even yay. And more yay, yay, even yay, I feel called. He's just a young bloke. He goes, I wonder what I could do. And he, he has no idea. God, make the King favourable to me. He doesn't know what that means. God takes this young man and does something awesome with him in Jesus' name. I believe that we're living in the day. I really do. When we're going to see a great army of this thing called the Church of Jesus that are going to do amazing things and some we'll hear about and some we won't know until we get to heaven and we sit down in the video room and Jesus presses play and we go, I didn't realise that had happened out of that. I never knew that I'd done that. Oh God, I just thought that was just a helping hand. I didn't realise it would have that kind of effect. Lord, I never knew that my giving in that space would ever turn out to look like that. We'll sit there and we'll say, Jesus, thank You for showing me the need. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit that You are here to encourage us that we can be part of the answer for our, someone else's life. Oh God, I pray that all smallness and every sense of of just the weight, and oh God, but what if I fail? Lord, I'm not sure if I'd know enough. God, you lift that off us today. And let us just breathe in the mighty Holy Spirit and say, Lord, if you're with us, you can do this, Lord. You can do this. You can do this, Lord. You can do this. Thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. Just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Some of you here in this place would say, Jeff, I don't know Jesus. You might know church. You may know religion. You may know parts of it. Might be familiar to you. The Lord's Prayer might be something that you've grown up with or maybe you, like a lot of people nowadays, you say, Jeff, I don't know any of that. That's why I'm so glad the Bible says that the gospel, the good news is for everyone, the Jew who grew up with it and the Greek who grew up with none of it. You can know Jesus today. You can be born again. That's what the Bible calls it. When Christ comes into your life and you are so transformed that it's like you get a new life. I'd love to pray for you just right where you are. I want to help you today. In a minute I'll tell you what you can do so that we can help you and so you can be encouraged. But I'd love to know I'm praying for you online, Yes button is there on the metro.online platform. Maybe you're in the building here and you say, Jeff, that's me today. I want to know, Jesus, would you just slip your hand up and put it back down again? And I'd love to pray with you wherever you are this morning. Just wherever you are, just slip it up, put it back down again. Look up in the balcony, of course, as well, wherever you are. Don't want to miss out any moment. I'm not asking you to join this church. I'm asking you to promise to do anything else other than to say, Jeff, today I'm going to open my heart to Jesus. I'm going to say to Him, come into my life. And He'll come in just like He said He would. Last time I asked Him, just I look across. I don't want to miss you out. Then look this way a minute, would you please, everyone. Because some of you will go, Jeff, I'm just thinking about that. And I go, that's great. That's That's why we got a yes text this week, somewhere in the middle of the night from someone. Maybe it was somebody here. And you thought to yourself, well, I'm not quite ready to say yes in public, but I'm, I want to say yes to Jesus. And so they texted yes to that number, 488 Or you can go to yes.metrochurch.org.au or again, if you're on the Metro Church online platform, the yes button's there for you. When you send us your yes, a couple of things happen. Number one, we start immediately praying for you. Even if we don't know you, it doesn't matter, God does. Second thing is, the next day, we'll send you a Bible verse and a prayer. Now, I've got to say this, because we live in a space where everyone's so cautious about getting spammed. And I don't even want to mention the Word, but I want you to know that we'll never write and ask you for anything, ever. What we'll do is send you a Bible verse and a prayer every day. You can opt out whenever you like, and we'll honour that every single time. We're a church, not a corporation, trying to gather customers. We're a church wanting to help people follow Jesus. Amen. So why don't you do that? 0488-826-392 yes.metrochurch.org.au that will be great. Amen. How about we stand together? Let's stand together and we're going to sing together that song again, I think. Is that right? Mel, come on out here. And uh, let's sing together the song, House of Miracles. I pray that today you leave here encouraged. I pray you leave here going, God, you're gonna help me. I'm gonna look for the need I'm meant to meet. Now John and Trudy are gonna be out there in the prayer space, ready to pray with anybody. They got faith, I'll pray with you. Pastor Bruce will be doing ministry time online. Don't forget tonight, five o'clock, Reverend Dr. Michael Battersby. It's going to be an awesome night for sure in His presence. Come on, let's worship the Lord before we go. Here we go. Come alive in the name of Jesus. Come alive in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything in the name of Jesus. this week and all that it'll bring father we surrender to you as that song says god give us eyes to see what we can do and how we can be a part of the answer for someone else thank you lord for the gospel the power of God, under salvation in jesus name lord now let us go out of here with your blessing go out of here into a great week with you in the mighty name of jesus amen